in a world where farts smell good. Would farts would farts still be funny if um, if they were not stinky? <laughs> That's these are the real questions. And in this world, um, this is a this is a this is a more documentary. This is a, this is a documentary trail. And in this world, there are not smelly farts. And there's only one man who can decide if the farts are funny. And I'm I'm that man with my big cool farts. <laughs> Hi, welcome to. Geek Film Critic, where we explore the best, worst, and most middle in the world of cinema. I'm Luke Jackson. I'm your host, your best friend, and your your mop. Use me to clean up your your throw up on the floor. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here this week. Sorry that I missed last week. I was busy, and I didn't want to record. And I'm the boss, because this is my show, so what are you going to do about it? And fresh out of the oven this week, we're coming with you, at you with... The new Space Jam film, Space Jam, A New Legacy, uh, the newest film from Warner Brothers and the acclaimed director of Scary Movie 5, Malcolm D. Lee. And nobody asked for this movie, but here we are, and it came out yesterday, and if you haven't seen the reviews yet, they are abysmal. This movie is booty. It sucks. But before we get into that, let me hit you with a synopsis. We'll throw 30 seconds on the clock. And begin! Space Jam A New Legacy follows LeBron James, a crappy father, as he uh, emotionally and verbally harasses his son into hating basketball. And an algorithm, played by Don Cheadle, steals his son into the serververse and challenges LeBron James to a basketball game in order to win back his son. And the Looney Tunes are there. And that's the movie. And yeah, that's the story. It's not good. If that didn't hook you, it's because it's a bad movie. And before I absolutely dump on this garbage fire of a film, I did something special just for you. I watched both Space Jams back to back. I watched uh, the original 1996 Space Jam the day before I watched Space Jam A New Legacy so I could properly um, address this super weird franchise. (laughs) And so hold on to your butts. Because I'm going to be comparing and contrasting a lot throughout this podcast. And uh, to keep it simple, when I'm talking, because both movies are called Space Jam, when I talk about Space Jam, I'll try to reference that I'm talking about the original. But if I say just Space Jam, I'm probably talking about the original. If I use the term A New Legacy, I'm going to be referring to the 2021 Garbage Fire LeBron James movie. So let's hop into some of the good things. And so what is good about Space Jam A New Legacy? It's a loaded question because nothing is would be the simple answer. But I'm not going to settle for simple. I'm going to dig deep and try to give you what was good about this movie, which again is nothing. And before I go into what was good, I want to talk about what was good in the original 1996 Space Jam so we can better understand where Space Jam A New Legacy fails. And so the 1996 Space Jam, not really a good movie either. It's fine. right? It's ridiculous. It's campy. It's full of bad acting. But somehow it also kind of walks this line of being really fun and charming. And why is that? It's because it's a Looney Tunes movie, right? The Looney Tunes are ridiculous. They're quirky. Their hijinks are, are you know, beyond words. And so it's fun to watch because you get to see Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny be goofballs, right? And that's why I think the original one has some charm. And so the original Space Jam is about the Looney Tunes enlisting help from Michael Jordan to defeat the Monstars in a basketball game for their very souls. The Looney Tunes are at the forefront of the story, right? And again, it's their wild antics mixed with these this bad acting from Michael Jordan, which makes it sort of charming, right? Like, obviously, these basketball stars are not going to be good actors. In, in the first one, Michael Jordan sucks, Larry Bird sucks, all five of the players who 
play for the Monstars whose talent are stolen. They're, none of them are good actors, but they're also not at the forefront of the film. While Michael Jordan is the lead, he's always with the rest of the Looney Tunes. And the movie's like an hour and a half, so you don't have to deal with it for very long. And this is where New Legacy fails a little bit. And I'm about, I'm, I'll go into that in just a second, but before I do, I do want to highlight... Um, the only joke that was good in A New Legacy, and it was pretty funny. It's, it's at this point where Marvin Martian is trying to shoot Bugs Bunny, and he's flipping through his ray gun. And there's like heat ray, death ray, and then he flips to one, and it says Charles, comma, ray. And he, that was the best joke in the movie. That was pretty good. I got to give it to it. But let's go into why this movie, A New Legacy, sucks But So instead of it being a movie about the Looney Tunes getting help from LeBron, similar to the original Space Jam, where the Looney Tunes are just enlisting help from Michael Jordan to win a basketball game, this movie centers around LeBron, and he doesn't want help from the Looney Tunes. So the Looney Tunes immediately aren't wanted, because he's like, I don't want a basketball team from you guys. Right? He just kind of settles for it. And there's this weird underlying B-plot of, for some reason, all of the Looney Tunes have bailed on Bugs Bunny to pursue different I guess, careers in media, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's just kind of this underlying, again, B story that barely exists. And so the movie, again, is it's centered around LeBron James and his fictitious relationship with his fictitious son. And it's all about him just kind of being a crappy dad. And so I, I don't get this why they decided that to center a movie around LeBron who has real kids and just use fake kids and make him a fake dad with fake kids and... It just was weird, right? Because what universe does this take place in? Because if we're following the Space Jam formula, it's kind of like following Michael Jordan's career and life pretty directly, right? It's it's not fictitious. It's, it's factual to an extent. Obviously, cartoons don't exist in real life. But it's factual to an extent. And this movie starts with the same kind of thing, right? It starts with LeBron James in a basketball game when he's a child. And then it has this montage of him playing basketball for the Cavs and the Lakers and the Heat. Similar to the montage at the beginning of the original Space Jam where Michael Jordan is shown playing for the Bulls. right? And so to abandon that formula didn't make a lot of sense. And it, it, just, it just adds a weird atmosphere to the tone. And you know, on this note, throughout the film, it's never really clear if it's a sequel or like a remake or a spiritual succession successor. We, we don't really understand what this movie is at all. Like, we know that Michael Jordan exists in the movie because he's mentioned, but do the events of the first film exist? Did that ever happen? It's not really clear, and it just kind of makes the whole thing feel kind of off. And, like, there are little references to it. Like, Bugs Bunny's like, oh, that sounds familiar, but is that, like, a sly wink to, like, oh, remember that movie? Or is it like, oh, this really happened in this universe? And so when you're creating a sequel... And I guess you could say these things don't matter. But if you're creating a sequel or you're even creating a remake, I think it needs to be addressed whether or not this is, again, a remake or a sequel or where it fits in terms of the first original movie. Because, again, it just feels off. And what's most disappointing for me about this movie is that without the Looney Tunes, this movie can still happen. They don't really do anything besides exist as trademarked familiar characters. And they're only really real purpose in this movie is to sell merchandise, right? Like, the entire film is essentially a shameless two-hour commercial for Warner Brothers properties. Instead of letting the Looney Tunes be Looney Tunes, we instead see them in these, like, weird DC worlds and in the Matrix and in Austin Powers and in these scenarios with other Warner Brothers IP 
that only exists to remind us that Warner Brothers sure has made some movies in the past, right? And the, the, the Looney Tunes very rarely get a chance to be Looney Tunes. Every inch of this movie is just littered with Warner Brothers IP. We have Harry Potter, we have Game of Thrones, we have Beetlejuice, we have Jim Carrey's The Mask, there's Pennywise the Dancing Clown, there's the damn nun from The Conjuring, and there's way more than this. Every inch of this movie is just plastered with Warner Brothers property. And, like, a lot of these characters, some of them have more screen time than the Looney Tunes characters, right? We see... We see Beetlejuice in the background. Not Beetlejuice. We see Pennywise the Dancing Clown. He, I noticed him a lot in the background. More than we see Sylvester the Cat. More than we see Tweety Bird, right? Like, it's it's just as much. And while they don't have lines, they still get more screen time. And so it's just like, the Looney Tunes are sidelined in their own movie. And it, it again, just makes it weird. Makes the movie bad. And even when they do let the Looney Tunes shine and have this you know, their quirky Looney Tunes classic moment. It's about a four-minute segment during the past basketball game, and it features a rap battle between Porky Pig and Don Cheadle, where Porky Pig is the notorious P.I.G., and it made me want to die. It was horrible. The Looney Tunes just never get the moment to be the Looney Tunes, and it's so clear that this whole movie was just a ploy to make money, and the Warner Brothers, they didn't even try to hide this, right? And so on top of this, the story is poorly written and a cheap ploy for emotional connection. The inciting event is literally like LeBron is just isn't too sure about an idea where they scan his likeness into a computer so they can make money off of him forever. And so an algorithm played by Don Cheadle kidnaps his son. Like that's the inciting event. Doesn't make very doesn't doesn't make any sense. Not very strong. And then the resolution to this is just like, well, family is everything, right? And so it's like Warner Brothers sat in the writer's room and just said, what is the most basic and easily exploitable human concept? Family? Great. Let's use that and sell some damn merchandise. And on top of this poorly told story, our hero, LeBron, gives probably the worst performance I've ever seen. Like, for one thing, and this goes back to the writing, his character is just an absolute dick. The opening scene, the first time we see LeBron, is his two kids are... His two fictitious children are just like messing around on a basketball court. One kid's playing video games. One kid's kind of like shooting hoops. And they're like trash talking. And the younger son, Dom, is like, well, let me show you what I got. And like does a whatever, a cool crossover and misses the layup. And then suddenly LeBron shows up and is like, what was that? What's that garbage doing on my court? And it's just a total douchebag to his son. <laughs> and so like we, we are introduced to LeBron James as an unlikable character which is a weird way to start a movie about a character that we're supposed to like who's just a human being and he's not playing a character, right? So again, it walks this line of like, is this fictitious? Is LeBron a douchebag? I don't know. I don't know the guy. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to use LeBron and his likeness in a movie where LeBron isn't representing himself or his likeness. And on top of this, he can't deliver a line for crap. His His... His acting ex pretty much exists in his eyebrows. I don't know if someone told LeBron that scrunching eyebrows gives him more emotion, but it, it, whenever he needs to deliver, deliver a more emotional line, he just kind of scrunches his eyebrows. And like his monotone-ass voice and his the most frustrating thing for me is whenever there's a lot of falling, you know, there's a lot of him being thrown around and falling onto the ground. And when he does this, his scream, his falling scream is, Ah, uh, just like that. <laughs> it's that's all LeBron can muster is an ah. Uh, it's so horribly done, so horribly acted, and it just it was just such a bummer. And again, this isn't to say that Michael Jordan and the original Space Jam was deserving of an Oscar. It, I just I 
And you know what? I, I do think that if LeBron James was in the first Space Jam movie instead of Michael Jordan, I think that movie would have been the same. I think they're probably possessive of the same acting ability. It's just LeBron was unfortunately surrounded by a lot more terrible movie in, in this one. And so, you know, this movie is just all about the money and it's everywhere. Right, there are Space Jam Happy Meals, Space Jam Cereal, there's a Nike and Converse Space Jam line, there's board games, and you know, even if you don't want to buy into this, it, it sneaks its way into your house. I have a service for my dogs called BarkBox, where each week they send us, or each month they send us new toys for our dogs, and guess what the theme was this month? Every time they do a different theme, it's like autumn or going to the beach. Well, guess what? Warner Brothers paid, so it's Space Jam themed. And so... This movie is everywhere and just such a clear ploy to make money and sell toys and sell products. And it's just a disappointing statement as to what commercial cinema has become. And so, in summary, I hate this movie. I hate everything it stands for. I give it one out of five notorious PIGs because at the end of the day, I hated it. But at the same time, I'm still the sucker because I paid money for it and I'm part of the capitalistic machine and Space Jam, A New Legacy, will never let me forget it. So, I mean, if you want to see this movie, it's streaming on HBO and in theaters. I don't think it's worth it. But, you know, you're probably going to watch it because Warner Brothers will always win. So we're going to dive into some reviews here, um, which have opposite views from that I, from what I have. Uh, the first is a 10 out of 10 review from an IMDb user named Tim K- TMK Landers. Uh, they say... The movie was actually pretty enjoyable and funny at times. LeBron is a basketball player, not an actor, but he did pretty well. So I'm going to pop in there, and I I don't think this is an excuse for bad acting. He's not an actor. Give him a break. If he isn't an actor, then he shouldn't act. He shouldn't be in a movie. I think we have every right to expect someone who is in a movie to act well, right? Like, if LeBron crashed a plane, we wouldn't say, well, he's an actor. He's not a pilot. We'd say, who the hell let him be a pilot? He shouldn't be flying a plane if he doesn't know how. He shouldn't be the star of a movie if he doesn't know how to act. And so, I don't think that's an excuse. But the reviewer goes on. They say, This movie is not meant for adults, but kids. This movie delivered for the kids. The adults writing these reviews are taken way too seriously. And they're referencing the fact that this movie, I think, is sitting at a 3.9 on IMDb. It's getting dumped on by everyone. Everyone hates it. But at the same time, this movie is not for the kids, right? Because this movie is filled with Matrix, Austin Powers, Game of Thrones, and Don Cheadle, right? What, what, every kid I know can't get enough of those things. And so this movie is clearly not for the kids or the adults. It's not for anybody. It's for the dollars. Like, that's what it's all about. Next is another 10 out of 10 rating from an IMDb user named Santura. And this one's, this one was titled So Excitement. And they say, and I quote, the sequel has wonderful special effects than the first part. <laughs> That's the whole review. But they gave it a 10 out of 10 because in, tw- in 2021, we managed to have better special effects than in 1996. Can you believe it? And, you know, one note I do have to say, not on this review, but kind of on the, some of the positive reviews in general, a lot of them had this sentiment of saying, well, my kid loved it. And, you know, that's great. If you took your kid to this movie and they enjoyed it, that's great. And that's what matters in a movie like this is that the kids enjoy it. But... I guess as an adult cinema lover, I am extremely disappointed in what this film is and what it represents because, I don't know, kids are entertained by anything. You throw a kid outside and give them a stick, they'll be fine for two hours. And so I don't think that's a very good line to judge movies on because they enjoy everything. We might as well give them content that is enriching and 
that has more than just the intent to sell them toys, right? Because you know that kid after wanted to go to McDonald's to get the Space Jam Happy Meal and then go to Toys R Us and get the Space Jam Bugs Bunny toy and LeBron James plush, right? Because that's that's what they're targeting is they're trying to make money. And you know what? They sure did. And so now we're going to move on to uh, the segment, Guess the Tagline. And I'm not sure what this one would be. I'm sure it's something stupid like get ready to jam like never before or come on and slam and welcome to the new jam which you know another thing is the first space jam had that horribly catchy come on and slam welcome to the jam song the space jam song this movie had nothing of the sort they didn't even try and that was very disappointing so let's find the taglines here uh you know it's uh they're all tuned up for a rematch but it's not a rematch. That doesn't even make sense. What's the, the tagline there? They're all tuned up for a rematch. Doesn't make any sense. Who are they rematching? There's not one person who's the same on the opposite team. That doesn't make sense. And the next one is get ready for the slam dunk of the summer. And yeah, it sure slam dunks the Space Jam legacy straight to hell. So that's awesome. Next, we're going to move on to some geek film predict. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I did Black Widow and it's... And I said it would be sitting at a 6.5, and it's currently sitting at a 6.9 IMDb, so, you know, that's not too bad. And I actually did see Black Widow, and it's, you know, it's fine. It's a Marvel movie. It's, I think Florence Pugh is amazing. I really like her. And David Harbour is great, too. It's great great casting, fine acting. Movie itself is whatever. It's it's fine. It's an average movie. If you love Marvel, you'll, you'll love it, because if you love Marvel, you'll love anything. But coming out this week, July 23rd, that's my daddy's birthday. On July 23rd, we get Snake Eyes, the uh, G.I. Joe prequel that nobody asked for. And, um, you know, I saw the trailer for it, and it looks like a fine action movie. I'm sure it'll be whatever. I haven't seen a lot of the Snake, or a lot of the G.I. Joes. I think I saw the first one, but I'm pretty sure there's more than I'm expecting. The uh, synopsis here is a G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character Snake Eyes. So, they really give it to you there. And um, it's directed by Robert Schwentke from The Captain and Red and R.I.P.D., which are Red and R.I.P.D. are pretty notoriously bad movies, I think, and written by Evan Spiliotopoulos, who wrote uh, Beauty and the Beast. So, um, I'm going to say that in a week, it's probably going to be sitting at a 5.5. I can't imagine it's going to be a very good movie. So that's going to do it for me this week. I appreciate if you've listened. I kind of flew through this episode. Sorry if I talk too fast. Slow it down. Put it on 0.5 speed and it'll be great. And so, I, you know, I apologize for not doing Blade. I did watch Blade and I wrote an episode. I just never record it. And so maybe I'll do Blade next week. But maybe I'll always say I'm going to do Blade next week and never do it. So if you want to watch Blade for next week, do it. Might not do it. Might not be talking about it, though. What the other movie might be, I don't know. You know, it'll be a surprise. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for me. If you like what you're hearing, share the podcast, you know, send me an email, luke.jackson at thegeekwave.com. Follow me on Twitter, underscore, underscore, luke.jackson. If there's a movie you want to talk about, if you want to be on an episode, hey man, it's the world's your oyster. I'm just living in it. And uh, I'm going to leave you with the wise words of a letterbox user, Ethan, who says, I felt secondhand embarrassment for LeBron James watching this. But then I remembered that I myself watched it, so now I'm just embarrassed for myself. And uh, yeah, you and me both, Ethan. For Geek Film Critic, I'm Luke Jackson. Thanks for listening.